We've been walking through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, that's why we've called our series Remarkable. Uh, we're just taking this little journey through this incredible, remarkable gospel. And uh, today, we were singing this chorus about God being the way maker, and everybody's enjoying this thing. Uh, but I want to talk to you today about when the belief that he's the way maker really gets tested in our lives. It's great to sing it in church and get all happy, but there's those times when believing that really gets tested. In fact, look at Mark chapter 4 with me. We're going to look at a beginning in verse 35. That day when evening came, he, meaning Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. The wind died down and it was completely calm. His disciples, uh, he said to his disciples, excuse me, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Father, we come to before your precious throne of grace this morning, and we pray for you to continue to abide with us even now as we delve into this text. Help me to communicate, as always, what you placed in my heart for all of us here today, and give us all an ear to hear. Help us to understand, oh God, what you want to say to us today. Glorify your name, we pray in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. All right. Now, let's just recap what we just read in our text. Jesus now directs his disciples to, uh, to head over to the other side of the sea. And so they all get in, in a boat, and while they're journeying there, notice the Bible says they encountered a furious squall. Now, to help us understand and be on the same page, by definition, a squall is a sudden, violent windstorm that's usually accompanied with rain. In other words, uh, that, the key word there is sudden, meaning it's unexpected. It just happens to, to violently come up all out of nowhere. And this furious squall, so now notice, a, fury, a squall is a sudden, violent storm. Uh, now, the... Here, Mark records that it was a furious squall. So it was furiously violent. So this was not just a little wind blowing. This is not the kind of wind you can sometimes even have in Chicago. This was really heavy-duty wind that was blowing to the measure that water began pouring into the boat, jeopardizing everybody's life. And amazingly... Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. 
How many can sleep anywhere at any time, regardless of all the noise? You know, see, some now I can I when I get to sleep and at night, I can sleep pretty just about through anything. My wife would tell you, didn't you hear that last night? You go, hear what? You know. Uh, some of us are light sleepers, uh, and but here for Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. The disciples, they're all frantic. They, and some of these, remember, were very experienced fishermen. But this was such a violent storm that, that came up that they were now concerned they were going to die. So they woke Jesus up. And notice they woke him up by accusing him of not caring. And so Jesus gets up and he rebuked the wind or the squall And all of a sudden now, the wind died down, the sea got calm, and then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, why are you afraid? Where's your faith? And the disciples now, the Bible says they were terrified because they still had not fully comprehended who Jesus was. No man had ever been able to command the wind, ever. And so now they're looking at this, you are doing what no man has ever done. And that terrified them because, again, they just couldn't understand uh, that who Jesus was, that there were really no limitation to his authority and power. So now, as always, let's look at how we can connect this to our life here today. Because... Uh, Our focus today, and the title of this message is Furious Squalls. That violently intense, sudden, and unexpected storms that come into our life, hardships, if you will, that every one of us experience from time to time. And our text reveals four things that I want to talk to us briefly about this morning uh, regarding furious squalls. So let's get right into it. Number one, listen, is... Obedience doesn't exempt us from them. Notice that, well, let me backtrack first. Some squalls, some storms that take place in our life come as a result of our disobedience. Because we have disobeyed God and and chosen to do whatever we want to do, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, if you will. We are dealing with the consequence of our disobedience. But... In this case, notice the disciples were following the Lord's instructions. Let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. So they were in compliance. They were in obedience. And all of a sudden now, they encountered this squall. Now, in the Gospel of John, in the 16th verse, excuse me, chapter and verse 33, Jesus said this to his disciples. In this world... You will have trouble, squalls, storms. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, I love that verse. But the problem is that sometimes we misinterpret what the Bible is talking about and what what it's teaching. Some interpret this to mean that Christians uh, will be kept from experiencing squalls, storms, trouble, that because Jesus has overcome the world and therefore trouble, if we put our faith in Christ, then we won't experience any of those things. 
But that's not what Jesus was teaching there. In fact, the Bible teaches us the opposite. Jesus taught that he had authority over all squalls, all troubles. So you're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world, meaning he has authority over all trouble, all squalls, all storms, you see. Now, here's what the Bible does teach, Acts chapter 14, verse 22. We must go through many what? We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they say. Not just a few hardships. Notice the, the, the apostles were speaking to the church and teaching the church, hey, guys, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to understand. Here's what you need to accept, that before you make it into the kingdom of God, you are going to have to go through not just a few, but many hardships, many storms, many squalls, if you will. And they come in all different shapes and sizes, these squalls, all kind of troubles. Uh, we can have squalls that come up in our marriage, we, in our family, in our jobs, in our finances, in our health. All these different types of sudden uh, attacks can take place in any one of our lives. So regarding these furious squalls, number one, it's important, obedience doesn't exempt us from them. You see, don't believe the lie that because you're a Christian, you're not supposed to go through any troubles, that you're exempt from them. Listen, none of us lives in a spiritual protective bubble. That's just not true. It is not Christianity. And if you believe that, then the problem comes. You're going to get so discouraged and even angry, as we're going to see, when trouble does come. Number two. It's our uh, furious calls are sudden, unexpected, and life-threatening. Life-threatening. Sudden, unexpected illness. A bad medical diagnosis where you just weren't feeling well, and you went to the doctor, and now you got the report that you thought you'd never get. Unexpected, sudden. You get to the job, and all of a sudden, the boss is calling you into the office and saying, uh, we're sending you home. This is it. You're done. You have no more job. Unexpected. All of these things that can happen into your life and in my life. A spouse that out of the no nowhere comes and tells you, our marriage is done. I'm not in love with you anymore. I love someone else. And you're like, what are you talking about? Where did that come from? We're talking about squalls that are sudden and violent, you see. The best example that we can find in the Bible is a man named Job. Job, the Bible says, was a righteous man, meaning he was living right in God's eyes, not in the eyes of man necessarily, not in his own eyes, but he was living right as far as God was concerned. And in one hour, in fact, it was less than one hour through God giving permission, Satan comes and he steals everything that he owns and all his children were killed, all in less than one hour. So think about that for a moment. In less than an hour, everything that you possess is taken away from you. 
All your children, if you have children, they all are killed. You're talking about a sudden, unexpected squall that came up. Now, these squalls that can come up may not threaten our lives physically, but they certainly can threaten our lives spiritually. And that helps me get into the third point. So number one, listen, fury squalls, that obedience doesn't exempt us from them. Number two, they are sudden, unexpected, and life-threatening. Number three, they can lead us to accuse God of not caring. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. Help me finish it. For he cares about you. Come on, look at your name and tell him, God cares about you. Now, isn't that a great verse? Give all of your cares, all your worries to God because he cares for you. That's great. I love that. And we all tend to believe that until the furious squall shows up. In Jesus is asleep, as it were. Now, by asleep, it means he doesn't move right away to fix your storms. It goes on for a season, so to speak, and you're wondering where God is. You see, when storms continue to rage, when the squall gets violent and the wind is going all about and there's water coming into your life, your ship, your home, your marriage, and threatening all that you love, that's when you and I really begin to question whether God really cares. I mean, let's be truthful. If God really cared, why did he allow it in the first place? Have you ever thought that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is it that the people of God have to endure many hardships? In fact, it's found in the 73rd Psalm. You could read it when you go home. Uh, Asaph had a problem with that. He was the author of that, of that Psalm. And he wrote, I have a problem, God. Why is it that the righteous don't prosper, but the sinner does? In other words, if I'm living right before you, if I'm doing everything that you want me to do, uh, that... Why is it that I'm struggling and the guy who is cursing your name, who has, doesn't want anything to do with you, why is he prospering? I don't understand that, God. And there are times when the squall shows up and things begin to threaten your life, your marriage, your family, your finances. You're wondering, why does God prevent this at all? Why, why does it have to happen? And that leads me right to my last point regarding the squall. Number four, squalls test our faith. They test our faith. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, very familiar passage to most of us. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now... For a little while, say a little while with me, a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, squalls, storms. 
These have come trials, squalls, storms, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Whether we like to acknowledge this or not, trials or furious squalls, to use the context of our, um, our message here today, they test the genuineness of our faith. You see, we were singing earlier, and we're going to sing this again as we close this uh, portion of the meeting, uh, that he's the great way maker. We were singing that happily. We were enjoying that. But you can't experience God making, uh, being the way maker if he has not made a way for you. And you can't experience God making a way for you if the way is shut right now for you. If you don't know if God has authority over the storms if you never experienced the storm. How can you know that God can bring you through? See, we'd rather say, well, I'll just believe it. I don't want to have to go through it to believe it. But the truth of the matter is, we say a lot of things that we believe, but when uh, the, the storms come, all of a sudden we find ourselves like the disciples on very shaky ground. You see, the Lord has the authority and the power over all furious squalls. With one word, he can calm the wind and the waves. But then... Do we truly believe that? You see. Do we truly believe that he can save our marriage? Do we truly believe that he can heal us of that disease? Do we truly believe that he can make a way with our finances? You see, when we're in the middle of the squall, I suspect that if you're just like me, we're just like the disciples. We will accuse the Lord of not caring. God, you're allowing this to go on in my life. Can you imagine if you were Job? Think about it. Let's just pause there for a moment. Would God, who loves us so much, ever allow everything that we have to be stolen and all of our children to be killed in less than one hour? How could the loving God do that? You see, we have this concept that because he's a God of love, that those things can never happen to his people. He'll never allow that. But here's the truth of the matter. How can I comfort somebody who's gone through losing everything if I've never lost anything? See, we are God's hand extended on the earth. We talked about that, remember? We're God's hand extended. So when people are hurting, yeah, it's wonderful to tell them God can see them through. But how many know it's more powerful when you say, I've been where you are. God got me through. He can get you through. Right? That's a lot more powerful. Especially then, what are you talking about? Well, your child is sick. My child was on his deathbed. And God got us through. The same God who got my child through can get your child through. That brings encouragement to people and hope, which is what we are on this earth, the extension of God's love and hope for people. That's why God doesn't put his children in a bubble of protection. 
because then we couldn't relate to anybody. And people would have a right to say, you don't understand. You've never been in that place. You've never lost a loved one. You've never suffered like I'm suffering. So what do you have to say to me? You see, it's a false gospel to promise people, give your heart to Jesus and you won't have any problems. See, the truth is, the opposite is true. Give your heart to Jesus and I promise you, you'll have more trouble than you ever had in your life. That's the truth. However, here's the deal. He's always in the boat with you. And you may think he's delayed, but ultimately he will rise up and he will say, be still to the squall. Ultimately, he will get you through. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd rather have Jesus in my boat through the squall than trying to go through the squall without Jesus. Would you say amen to that, right? Worship team, if you would come back up, please. See, fewer squalls, everybody experiences them. Doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not. We all experience sudden, unexpected hardships, difficulties, sufferings. They come into everybody's life. The hope of the gospel is... If Jesus is in your boat, he will ultimately calm the storm and get you to where you need to go. And that's why we put our faith in him. But ultimately, as the people of God, we need to be remembered that and remind ourselves that I can be in full obedience to the Lord and actually following what he's telling me to do and still have problems. That's part of life. It's part of what God works in my life to mature my faith, you see. And that even though it could be sudden and even life-threatening, I need to guard my heart so that I don't accuse God of not caring. And I need to ask God to help me strengthen my faith to believe that my God has authority, has power over that squall, no matter how furious it might, must be. And it might be, my God can still speak a word that will calm that storm. In a moment, I'm going to pray for all the Christians that are here that you find yourself experiencing this furious squall in your life. But before I do that, I recognize that there might be people here today that you're dealing with your own squall, but you, the only problem is you don't have Jesus in your boat. Jesus is not in your life. I'm not asking whether you are a part of a certain religion or not. This is about whether you've embraced Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, whether he's in your life in an active way. Here's the good news. Today is the day that you can choose to invite Jesus into your boat, into your life, so that he can be with you through that storm, through that squall, 
So while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, again, before I just close praying for the Christians, maybe you're here today and you're, you confess, well, I, I thought I was a Christian, but I've never really asked Jesus to come into my heart. And I, and I want to do that, Pastor. I'd rather have Jesus in my life than out of my life. If that's you, sir, ma'am, I want to pray for you. All I need you to do is just lift up your hand quickly so that I can see someone is here that wants to say yes to him. We're not asking you to say yes to this church or anything else, but yes to just Jesus. Yes, I see your hand. Back there, I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand here. Your hand there. Yes. Yes, keep them up. Keep them up. I've got a prayer partner that's going to come and put a hand on your shoulder in a minute. Uh, they're going to help me pray with you. I have somebody right here in the front. I need a, a woman, altar worker here in the front, please. Father, we come before you in the precious name of Jesus. I thank you for these that have the courage today to lift up their hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I, I don't have Jesus in my boat. I don't have Jesus in my life. I may know about him. I may have grown up in some religion, but I, but I never really invited him into my heart and my life. And I want to do that. Lord, you see every hand that's raised right now, acknowledging that truth. And I pray for them, oh God, that in these next few moments, as these prayer counselors talk with them and lead them in a simple prayer, I ask that you hear from heaven and that you forgive them of all their sins. And that you, Father, will come by your spirit into their heart so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith sealing them by writing their name in your book of life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I want to pray for every, every child of God here. You're in this room today, and you are dealing with your own furious squall. There's, there's a storm raging in your life. Maybe it was unexpected, but somehow it's coming, and you're just like, you're not sure what in the world is going on, if you're going to make it. But through God's word today, you recognize, I've got Jesus in my boat, and he ultimately is going to rise up and speak a word over my storm. If that's you, my brother and sister, I want you to lift up your hand, your right hand to heaven right now as we close this section in prayer. Father, you see every hand that's raised. You see every child of yours that is undergoing this furious squall, oh God, this sudden windstorm that's coming, oh God, and, and is threatening their very life, oh God, the life of their marriage or their family or their finances or their health, oh God. You know every single one, oh God. And I thank you today that you are in their boat, oh God, and that you care for them. And so we do what the Bible says. We cast all our cares upon you. We ask you, Lord, to move in a sovereign way even now. We ask that in the appropriate hour that you would rise and that you would speak to that squall, oh God, and that you would cause that storm to calm down, the raging sea to calm down so that we might get to the place that you are directing us to get to, oh God. Glorify your name, oh God. We believe today that you are the way maker. You're going to make a way through this furious squall. You're going to make a way, oh God, through this storm. Strengthen the faith of every child of God in this room and those watching on the internet. Strengthen our faith, Lord, through this word. 
so that we will believe no matter what we are experiencing that ultimately our God will speak a word. Our God will make a way. Blessed be his wonderful name. Blessed be his wonderful name. Come on, let's applaud our way maker this morning. We applaud the one who calms every storm. Blessed be his name. Okay, I am definitely nervous, um, but the Lord has um, just spoke to my heart. It's kind of long, but this is my life, so. Um, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. I've always heard others say they had a special verse that carried them through, but I never felt that way because they all meant something new to me. But this verse was truly revealed this week as I faced some trials and the Lord spoke so personally to me as I reflected on my Christian walk from the past two years. I'll start by backing up a bit and give some background about myself. I grew up going to a Catholic church a few times a year on holidays and attending CCD classes at a Catholic school, only to instill in my heart that there was a God, I thought, but he'll always be far away that in order to be accepted by him, you have to check off all the right boxes. As a teenager, I quickly found security in heavy alcohol consumption and lost sight of who I was if I even really knew it in the first place. Long nights of partying with friends became my safe place and comfort for five years of my life. I then got into a long-term relationship during that time, thinking maybe my worth was found in someone else, and I eventually got pregnant at 20 years old. At the time, my naive self thought it was fine, everything would be great. However, that relationship was built on rocky soil, founded in insecurity, low self-worth, and self-esteem. I can't even really explain to you the weight of that relationship. As I find myself nine years later, a single mom of a beautiful little girl. And also feeling the aftermath of the chaos sin had caused in my life. However, I believe the Lord knew me even then. I was blessed to grow up with an amazing best friend whose roots were already in the Lord. Her family is and was my family. And I remember one specific time going to their church and someone praying over me and me bawling my eyes out and I was thinking, wow, this is different. I look back now and I think, wow, it only took one person to pray for me and years later to be reminded. This memory though was before that relationship. So God had a plan, but first I would go my own way for nine more years to finally start to think, I don't think I can do this anymore. I remember about three years ago talking with my best friend about God and how we wanted to maybe go to church again and she showed me K-Love Radio, so different from the music I was used to. At that time, things were so up and down and this was a desperate plea to find out if that God I always heard of wasn't so far away after all. Some time went by and then my little girl started her first year of preschool. I instantly tried to get connected with the mom, and I started talking with the woman, um, and our daughters became really good friends. We slowly opened up about our struggles, 
And for me to share with her, you know, I really want to find a church. And for her to say to me, really, I never heard anyone say that before. But she gladly told me, I go to a church on Belmont and we're having a women's dinner if you want to come. I gladly accepted and I went instantly and clicked with all the women there, here. <laughs> um, so I accepted and I went and instantly clicked with the believers there. Not too long after, Pastor Carlos offered as usual on a Wednesday night if anyone be, would be brave enough and raise their hand to accept the Lord into their life. Not exactly knowing what would come next, but knowing out of desperation I needed guidance and a real love, I accepted. As most of you already know, that decision comes with a challenging road ahead and that it has been. Satan has lied to me so long that I would never be fully appreciated, loved, or respected, and my worth was always found in the opinions of everyone else but my own or God's. I was stuck in a cycle of temporary fulfillment because my heart couldn't possibly fathom an unconditional love. Jesus knew me and he loved me then more than I could ever imagine. He has been so patient with me and fought for me when I couldn't take another step. He has slowly opened back up my heart to show me a love built on solid ground, founded in respect and genuine love. This past year on the outside would have looked to me before like my world was crumbling. The relationship I thought was my forever the Lord had to show me I am your forever. Having to break, having to break generational curses that have clouded my soul, losing my sister to drugs, and watching my dad go through heart surgery, and just the day-to-day -day struggles that we all face. But while has the Lord whispered to my heart over this past year, you are not alone any longer. I am with you. I won't leave you or forsake you. Your world as you know it may be crumbling, but I will build it again, and this time it won't fall. Yeah. So for anyone here battling with their past mistakes, feeling ashamed, guilty, or broken, Jesus paid the price with his blood so we can resurrect again with him. I may not know what is ahead of me, but I do know that my heart knows he will go before me and he is faithful. Thank you to the Lord, this amazing church, to the pastors, leaders, family, and friends who came today, and the body of Christ who has walked next to me on this new journey. I love you all. And to my little girl who is the biggest blessing, she couldn't be here today, but I know she's in God's hands always. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and your patience. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for Angela's testimony, God. And I thank you that this is the first of many times that she will be able to communicate so eloquently your love and your patience and your grace. Lord, I pray that the ears who have heard it this morning would hear it forever. God, may it echo in their hearts as it has in hers. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good morning. My name is Herminio. Most of you know me as Mino. 
I want to start by sharing something of mine for you all to remember me, I guess. I want to say a prayer. It's the prayer I always say when I open my eyes up in the morning and before I go to bed at night. That prayer is, God, thank you for another day. Thank you for all that you provide. Thank you for keeping all my friends and family happy, healthy, and safe in your arms for now and always. Please forgive us all of our sins and help us become better people, good people, in the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And amen. Now, my testimony is the journey that led me here today wasn't an easy one. I've made many mistakes and have always felt like I was broken. I had been seeking Christ in my life for a very long time. You see, I was raised in a Catholic home, and after many years of going to church as a child and teenager, I never really felt inspired to go after God's heart. After countless invitations to different churches, I finally found Christ at a funeral. I went to pay respects to a friend's father who had passed away, and I was amazed at the love and celebration that was happening. I had many questions answered by this Christian friend of mine and her family who prayed me into the kingdom that night as I accepted Christ. I was saved, I was forgiven, and most importantly, I was loved. I felt loved. It was like I had the chance to be made whole again. As Pastor Joy mentioned at our wedding that happened during service uh, earlier this year, I turned away from church. I was upset with, upset with some of the decisions that were made. I was hurt, I was angry, and I didn't understand why. Even though I didn't show it, my passion for wanting Christ in my life never diminished. Incidentally, the first song I ever hear, heard here at Belmont was He is Faithful. I'll get back to that in a second. Well, I'm so happy that I found Belmont Assembly of God. From the beginning, it was, felt like home. My wife, Rebecca, told me that once she saw, me the, saw in me the passion I had for seeking and wanting Christ in my life, she said that as I was finding direction toward Christ, it inspired her even more to seek him in her life as well. So now that I'm finally getting baptized, I want you all to know this, that no matter what you're going through, he is faithful. Even when things might not go as you want it, if you seek him, he will always accept you as you are. He will forgive you of your sins. And above all, he will love each and every single one of you. And finally, I just want to say hello to my mom at home. Love you and hope you get better. My sister and brother, Joseph and Jason, I love you guys. To my three kids, Joseph, Jocelyn, and Jacqueline, you guys are my heart. To my dad in heaven, I miss you every day. I hope I've made you proud. And to my friends and family, I know that sometimes I might be a little difficult to understand, but know that I do it out of love. And lastly, to my wife, Rebecca, thank you for never giving up on me, for always believing in me, for loving me as I am, and for giving me new meaning in my life that I didn't think I deserved. I love you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Mino's testimony. I thank you for the new life that you've given him. I thank you for his obedience and his faithfulness to your faithfulness. So, Father, I just pray that this would be the beginning of greater journeys, of greater times, as you continue to use him, and as you continue to raise him up into the man that you've always called him to be. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wow. Um... I don't have a speech, but I would like to thank our Heavenly Father for allowing me to see this day, for allowing me to be here. I thank him for surrounding me with all you people, all my friends, my family, with a church that believes in Christ. Um, 
I came here with a total stranger that brought me here, came with my husband, and this became our church. As Mino um, got discouraged, didn't want to come to church, that caused my family to come to church. That allowed them to come and know Jesus, to come to the church and be followers of Christ. There's been many challenges in my life, good, bad, but Jesus has always been there. God's always been there. And I'm the type of person that will not allow to get discouraged for something simple, something that I can't control. If I can't control it, I'm not worried. God is in control. God is graceful with every single one of us. Grace and mercy has gotten me here. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all my family, for all my friends. And if God did it in me, he can do it in any one of you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Rebecca's profession of faith, God. I thank you that her and her husband could do this together and now walk in this journey together, Lord. I just pray that you continue to bless her, continue to build her up, and continue to use her to reach her family, friends, and everyone in her circle, God. We thank you for all that. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And now baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I always knew and believed that God was out there for me, but never took action. Hearing the little voice in my head persisted, but was very small, and I ignored it. When I met my now husband in 2013, I never forget, forgot him praying for me and said things that I've never told him ever before in my life. Since then, I began to hear his voice get louder in my head, and I couldn't stop to ignore it. I had to hear it. I want to take the next step in my spiritual life and to follow God's plan just for me and to be a better Christian, a better wife, and a better mother because I know with his grace, I know I can do it. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Shelby, God. I thank you for her testimony, God. I thank you for her family, Lord. I thank you for everything that you've done up until this point. But, Lord, I also thank you in advance for everything you're going to do, God, for the way that you're going to continue to develop her as an example for her daughter, the way that you're going to continue to build her as the wife for her husband, the way you're going to continue to use her as your daughter for you. Father, we thank you for everything that you have built in her life and are going to do. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. I now baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, hi, my name's Sebastian. Um, I've been a Christian my whole life, but now I want to take the extra step to live my life close to God and to be a follower of Christ. Um, being baptized will make a stronger commitment to me, um, stronger commitment to God and my faith. Now I'm getting older, I understand that God will be the center of my life and that he is the one that is always there for me. He is the one to comfort me in the toughest of times. When I accepted God in my life, that was the first step towards my commitment to him. But today, being baptized will fully complete my vow to serve him. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Sebastian, God. Lord, I thank you that at this age, Lord, before he goes to high school even, you have already established yourself in his heart. And God, I pray that you continue to do that, Lord. Continue to flow all through him, almighty God. Continue to raise him up, Lord. We thank you that he's had the opportunity to grow up in this faith. 
But now that he has taken these steps to make his faith his own, God, taking these steps to grow in his personal relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you would surround him with supporters as this church continues to surround him and teach him in the ways that you have called him to live. We thank you for all that, and we pray it in Jesus' name. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I never realized how important it was to be right with God. I never understood what it all meant. When I first came to Belmont, my mom had encouraged me and my sister to go to Excel a few years back. We went and I remember one day this girl was praying over me and afterwards she kept telling me that God was saying he loved me over and over again. It really opened my eyes up to him. It made me want to become closer with him. Then my dad was in jail for quite some time and I thought that God had abandoned me and that he wasn't there for me. And I started falling off my path with God. I stopped going to Excel, and I started to fit in with people I never wanted to be like and doing things I had no business doing. My dad was released, and then I started to believe again and thought, maybe he does love me, maybe he is here. But then as years went by, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And then finally, my mom had encouraged me and my sister to go to Excel again. And so we did. And from there, we were also encouraged to go to Spring Breakaway. And that is where I officially gave myself to God. After a few years of questioning, I realized he is here. He is real. He loves me and I love him. He can and he will fix any situation in my life and never leave me. So today I have decided to give God control. I have decided to live for him and not anyone else. I decided to give my life and my sins to him. Amen. Lord, I thank you for Emily's life, God. Lord, I thank you that uh, even though her journey has been difficult, Lord, as our pastor even spoke today, there were storms where she wondered if you even cared or not. And God, I thank you that you proved yourself right, God, that you showed her through your love how much she matters to you. And Lord, I thank you even now that she takes this next step of faith, showing you how much you matter to her. So Father, I thank you. I pray that you continue to raise her up to be an example for her family, her friends. Lord, I pray that you make uh, just continue to make a leader out of her and develop her into who you called her to be, Lord. May she be mightily used for your honor and for your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Isabella. I'm sorry if I'm nervous. It is my first time speaking public. I'm also very happy to announce that I have decided to follow and live for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and God my Father. Since I can remember, my God has always revealed himself to me through his many blessings, miracles, and answered prayers at home. We call him Papa because he is always with us. Papa loves me very much. He protects me, he guides me, and I know I can trust him with everything. God Almighty is my Father, and I am a child of God. He is a mighty king on his throne, which makes me a princess of a mighty king. Today, which I have decided to be a princess warrior for Jesus Christ. Amen. This is why I'm excited to be a daddy's, a girl's dad. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for Isabella, God. Lord, I thank you for her profession of faith. God, I thank you that even at this young of an age, Lord, she understands and knows who you are and who she wants you to be in her life. And Lord, I thank you for this precious princess, God. I thank you that she understands her value and who she is to you. Lord, I pray that she would never lose that. God, I pray that as she continues to grow and develop and mature in her age, that she also matures in her spirit and that she will never forget just how valuable and precious she is because she is the daughter of a king. So, Lord, we thank you for that, and we pray that all in Jesus' mighty name. I now baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you bless?